Couple cane poles sitting down by the creek. Lines in the water, watching those bobbers, seeing that red sun sink. Mama's on the porch, yelling, supper's hot. Y'all come and get in. We yelled five more minutes. At 16, it was 12 on three, standing at her front door. Katie's dad said midnight, but we needed just a little more. Yellow light flipping on and off, interrupting that good night kissing. We wanted five more minutes. Time rolled by, the clock don't stop. I wish I had a few more drops of the good stuff. Closet Direct King's Court starts now.
lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. A good Wednesday morning, St. Louis, and all points north. East, south, and west. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you in the Window World Kings Court, live right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com. We do our live show here, as you know. The podcast is also heard here, but it's also heard on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor, any place you listen to the great podcasts of our times. Yeah, I'm putting it up there. What the hell? Our phone lines are always open for you. We're not afraid to take calls. Most shows are, but we're not. 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746, Dan Caesar even gave us credit. Uh, it's sort of a, not a backhanded way, but in his column in the local newspaper a week or so ago when he wrote that radio shows don't take calls anymore, but referred back to us when we did our sports show and now gave our website out for our live show. The reason most of them don't take calls, and I've said it before, is they're afraid that you know more than they do. I welcome your knowledge. I hope people know more than I do about things, because then I learn. But you have to have facts and evidence to back it up. You're going to hear a lot of people talk today who have no facts, no evidence to back up anything they say, and they're never challenged. I've always believed in challenging people. It's a very strange tightrope you walk when you interview someone where half the people are going to think you don't ask tough questions, the other half are going to think you're too tough. It's bizarre. It's a bizarre notion. I get a kick out of how St. Louis baseball fans criticize Joe Buck for being anti-St. Louis when he does a national baseball game when, in fact, he's the furthest thing from anti-St. Louis. I watch the same game, listen to the same game, and I think he goes out of his way to be pro-St. Louis. And I understand why he does that. He knows he's going to get criticized. But it's a you got to have a tough skin to be in this business. You just dive in. Water's a little cold, but if you're in for a little bit, it warms up. We've all known that ever since we are little kids. Our phone lines, as I said, are always open, 636 636- Five three eight zero seven four six. Our good friends at Zycan Exteriors. Pay attention to your roof right now. We've had a lot of rain recently, and this is when you'll find out if your roof, which secures your greatest investment, your home, it protects it. Is it in good shape? I found out the hard way that mine was not. I called Zycan Exteriors, as you can do six three six three four five six eight seven three. Three four five six eight seven three, or from the east side six one eight eight zero six six nine one one, eight zero six six nine one one, and they'll come out to your house as they did for me, and give you a free damage inspection. That gives you peace of mind. It's not often in this world that peace of mind comes free without a price tag, but it does here. 
free damage inspection from Zycan Exteriors. I was able to find out that my roof did have a leak. My insurance adjuster was here with them. They all went up on the roof together, and I got a full roof replacement with all upgraded Owens Corning shingles because Zycan Exteriors is a preferred contractor of Owens Corning. So the storm damage experts brought their A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau out, and I knew I was getting solid work from a solid company. They've been around since 1949. So when these fly-by-night operators come into your neighborhood after storms and knock on everybody's door, ignore them. Do yourself a favor. You'll regret it if you don't ignore them. Oh, they'll tell you they'll give you a cheap roof, and they probably will. But that's what it will be, a cheap roof. And when it leaks in a few weeks and you go to call them, they're gone. Zycan Exteriors is going nowhere. Been here since 1949. 636-345-6873. Six eight seven three, from the east side six one eight eight zero six six nine one one. Make sure you tell them that we told you to call. Well, the business of lying has really gotten busy in Washington these past few years, and they've taken it to a new height. We demonstrate it every day on this show. We use their own words to demonstrate the kinds of liars they are, and to the extent that they'll go in order to continue to mislead and to downright lie to you. Misleading is almost complimentary. It's almost like they did it by accident. These are intentional liars, not intelligent, because you can see right through their lies, especially when they lie with their own words, and we can use those words to expose them. Now, the state of our country has become so absurd that the people that we put in office illegally or legally, but these people who get in office then appoint people that are dumber than they are, if that's possible, and presto, you have the situation we're in. It is so absurd now that Dr. Ashish Jaha, who is the COVID czar for the White House under Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden, has embarrassed himself probably... In a more in a deeper way than anyone could embarrass themselves, we see the daily embarrassment from O'Biden and the daily embarrassment from the black lesbian press secretary. By the way, any black lesbians out there, you too can be successful because she's a shining example that you can be a complete buffoon and still rise in the ranks of political Washington. But Ashish Jaha, the COVID czar, well, let's just ask him, what's the good news? And why did God give us two arms? The good news is you can get both your flu shot and COVID shot at the same time. It's actually a good idea. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. You could tell by his sincerity in his voice, he actually means that. He believes God gave us two arms for that reason, to get the flu shot and the COVID shot. By the way, neither of which I'll ever get. That's me. Everyone is entitled to make their own choice in this country. Oh, excuse me. You're not entitled to make your own choice in this country anymore. It depends on what you see as the ramifications. If your job hinges on it, you better get that COVID shot, right? But that's the only situation where your job's going to hinge on it. They don't care if you get the flu. They don't care if you infect everybody in your office with the flu because they don't insist on you getting the flu shot. Even though the flu 
is deadlier than COVID. Let me repeat that. The flu is deadlier than COVID. COVID only claims lives and is a factor in claiming lives if you have a severe comorbidity. Flu many times doesn't need that comorbidity, and if you share that same comorbidity and you just have the flu and you're elderly, you're in trouble. How many people, elderly people, die from pneumonia or the flu every year versus COVID? And we're not talking about the bogus numbers that they gave you, the lies they told you to fearmonger and steal an election. We're talking about the real deaths due directly to COVID. It's negligible. Those are not my numbers. Those are what the doctors tell us. Those are what the CDC now revises its numbers to be. Now that they've figured out that they have been found out. But you've got this moron who actually said the reason God gave you two arms is so you can get the flu shot in one and the COVID shot in the other. That's the COVID czar. Now that leads to the question, why do we have a COVID czar? I thought we had a surgeon general. Isn't he the guy that speaks on all things medical? Do we have a pneumonia czar? Cancer czar, for instance? Heart disease czar? Flu czar? I would suggest that it's Biden's group that is more influenced by the Russians than any other. They call this guy a czar. Well, that's what they used to call Russian leaders, right? There are so many differing reports on the effectiveness of the flu vaccine, the flu shot, I should say. It's not a vaccine. But Dr. Rick was on our show way back when this COVID started, and he said the flu shot is about 15% effective. In other words, if 100 people got their flu shot, it would only help 15 of them. Yikes. That's a bit insane. And when you understand the science behind the flu shot, you get it. It's doctors experimenting with different strains of the flu because they are predicting that this flu season will have this particular flu. Clearly, they're not very close to being right most times, if only 15% of them work. So make sure you rush out and you get your flu shot because, after all, you wouldn't want to throw up any time this year. Not that that's a fun thing, but I'd rather vomit than get a flu shot. That's me, though. I don't take anything the government administers. I know what these people are. They are dangerous to humanity. We live in Soviet-style Russia. And there isn't any question about that. All you have to do is pay attention. And you'll understand. But the absurdity in every category, in every topic, with this regime is just hilarious. Patty Murray, who is a Democratic congresswoman, was talking about kids going back to school the other day. Now, Patty Murray was the decision to lock kids out of school made by Kim Weingarten, or excuse me, Randy Weingarten. This was a decision of local school officials and our scientific experts trying to get their hands around a pandemic that was killing millions of Americans to protect their children, to protect their staff, to protect their communities. 
I am proud that when Democrats got control a year and a half ago, uh, Democrats voted for the American Rescue Plan that helped our kids get back into school safely, making sure that our schools had testing and supplies and ventilation and the ability to make sure their kids could be safe at school. And today, virtually every child is back in school. I don't know how many lies one person can tell. I usually say that when these people speak because they tell so many lies. And if you listen to her closely, she had a slew of them, didn't she? whole bunch of lies told in there. First of all, the ventilation. We had to make sure the ventilation was proper. So what were you telling us then? That you sent kids to school without proper ventilation all these years? Hundreds of years? Just now you thought it might be a good idea? Or the millions of people dying from COVID? That's a lie. She doesn't even pay attention to the own re- the, the CDC's own revised numbers. She ignores them. Because it's it behooves Democrats to fearmonger before an election because they know they're otherwise going to get their asses blown out. So let's lie a little bit more. Let's scare people. And let's tell everybody what a great job this regime has done. How have they done a great job? People have lost their jobs because of them. No one's dying in school from COVID. This nonsense of, well, we've got to keep your neighbors safe and everybody else safe around you. The flu shot, the, excuse me, the COVID vaccine doesn't prevent that. How many times does it need to be hammered and nailed into the head of people like Patty Murray? How many times? And if you attributed the loss of life to COVID as the CDC originally did when it wasn't COVID, more people died in 2021 than did in 2020. So that means this regime caused more deaths. Now, I don't believe they did, but if you follow the numbers that she claims, they did. This is how dumb liberals are. She sits there and touts the success of this regime battling COVID, and yet the numbers tell you otherwise they failed miserably but not only that they cost people jobs and careers medical people how many spectacular doctors and nurses gave up their jobs because they refused to take that shot we'll never know it could be those were the top of the profession we don't know and the slugs went in and got their shot it makes sense doesn't it the more incompetent you are the quicker you are to do whatever your superiors tell you to do in order to kiss up and keep your job. That happens in everyday life, too. It's just like I've always maintained, if you want to be happy in this country today, be a dumbass. Because the dumber you are, the happier you are. You're not aware of your surroundings. You're not aware of what's going on. And the single-digit class in this country, which is approaching 98% in my book, is really happy. Because they're too dumb to get informed, and they don't want to be informed. Sometimes it's intentional. But the stupidity continues to grow with this regime and everyone around it. Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary, are you a fan of banning gasoline-operated cars? Yeah, I do. I think uh, California really is leaning in. And, of course, the federal government has a goal of the president has announced by 2030 that half of the vehicles in the U.S., the new ones sold, would be electric 
Well, we see how well that's working out in California, don't we? Not a week after they announced that they would ban gasoline-operated cars by 2035, they issue a warning to not charge your electric vehicles because the power grid is in jeopardy, to turn your thermostats down, or I should say in this case up, to 78-plus degrees in your home. If you've been in your house when it's 78-plus degrees, it's not comfortable. They tell you not to use any major appliance. So you're right, Jennifer Granholm. California's ahead of the curve. They're striking it rich out there with those spectacular ideas. Brilliant. Brilliant. And don't you wonder if that, what, what do they call it, the American Rescue Act? They, they have so many names for all this bullshit that they throw at you. If the American people were told the truth about that, and the American politicians actually were told the truth about that, that the money would be spent later on down the road on forgiving student loans, would you? Would the Republicans have still voted for it? No, of course not. I don't know why they voted for it to begin with, to be honest with you. I get that they wanted to help small businesses. I get that part of it. But that's the only component I get. The rest of it is nonsense. Paying people to stay home from work? When did that become an American value? I thought a good hard day's work is what Americans strive to do and get compensated for it. Earn your way. The stupidity just kept getting ramped up in this regime. Now, Beetlejuice is not technically a part of the regime, but she certainly is a part of its far-reaching tentacles. And so up there in Chicago, while Governor Abbott of Texas sends her illegal aliens that she so desperately claims should be here, and she does nothing but bitch about it, I wonder, Beetlejuice, is Governor Abbott manufacturing a human crisis? He is manufacturing a human crisis, and it makes no sense to me. I think it's decidedly unpatriotic and un-American. Um, I understand the pressures uh, that the people of Texas and some of the other border states are under. We see that on a daily basis. But the thing to do is not this. He professes to be a Christian. This is not the Christianity and the teachings of the Bible that I know. Does anyone out there think that she has read even a page of the Bible? Even a page? Just the page where it says, the Bible? Do you think she's read that? I would bet my life, my son's life, that that woman has never read a page of the Bible. Or, excuse me, that thing. Because when I don't know what something is, it's a thing. I don't know if she's a guy or a gal. Today she could be something different tomorrow, an alien, a monster. I'm sorry, she's already all of that. But do you think that it has ever read a Bible? Not in her lifetime. Somebody mentioned that to her before she spoke. So she could use it as a reference to try to bring in the Christians into her tent. But no one's falling for it. So Governor Abbott is manufacturing a human crisis that she claimed is unpatriotic and un-American. By the way, those things are the same. But she used them to sound differently. So how is it, based on her theories on illegal aliens, how is it unpatriotic or un-American? She described the two as being separate. How is it that sending these illegal aliens that she's so fond of to her backyard 
How is that un-American? How is it not Christian? He's sending them to a state that is friendly to illegal aliens. How much more empathetic can this man be? He didn't want them in Texas where the Texas people hate them. He sent them to a more forgiving area, Chicago. So she should be complimenting Governor Abbott instead of criticizing him. She should be patting herself on the heart and saying, you know what, Governor Abbott has such a big heart. He sent these illegal aliens from a place where they're hated to a place where we welcome them with open arms. But instead, I find it funny that she and good old barking Bowser up in D.C. and imbecile Biden and the idiot mayor in New York all complain. You got a few busloads of people and you couldn't handle it. Texas is overrun at the border every single day. Thousands cross. I'm sorry. Henri Jean-Pierre says that doesn't happen, that no one's walking across the border. It's fascinating, isn't it? So Beetlejuice, you're a fraud. And then we come to Henri Jean-Pierre, the genius of all time. Now, keep this in mind, just recently, Biden is complaining about all of the election deniers. He says that Republicans, mega Republicans, only have two outcomes to an election, if they win or if they were cheated. That's the MAGA Republicans that Biden claims think that way. Now, he didn't mention that his own press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, also thinks that way. But Peter Ducey mentioned it, and he forced Karine Jean-Pierre into wiggle mode. But just in trying to understand the new attention on the MAGA Republicans, you tweeted in 2016, oh, Trump stole an election. I was waiting, Peter, when you were going to ask me that question. Well, (laughs) then answer it. You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now, yeah. So let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have been I have been. Well, you're asking me you're asking me a question. Let me answer it. And you said it was ridiculous. I was. I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. And here's the thing. I have said Governor Kemp won the election in Georgia. I've been clear about that. Uh, I have said President Trump won the election of 2016, and I've been clear about that. What we are talking about right now is Let's not forget what happened on January 6, 2021, when we saw an insurrection, a mob that was incited by the person who uh, occupied this campus, this facility at that time. And it was an attack on our democracy. Let's not forget, people died that day. Law enforcement were attacked that day. That was the danger that we were seeing at the time. That's what the president has called out, and that's what he's going to continue to call out. So, yes, when you have MAGA Republicans, a extreme part of Republicans who who just deny or do not want to uh, uh, 
really say what exactly happened on that day or say it was a protest when it clearly was not a peaceful protest. That's not what we saw on that day. Yes, the president is going to call that out. And here's the thing. Majority of Americans agree with him. Majority of Americans agree with this president on protecting our democracy, protecting our freedom, and protecting our rights. That's what we're talking about today, and that's what the president's going to focus on. All right, we're going to have to move. We're going to have to move. I'm going to call on folks I haven't called on. Go ahead. I'll bet you had to move. You had to move quickly because you didn't even answer the question. Did anyone out there listening right now forget what the question was? It was easy to do with her rambling bullshit about January 6th. No one asked her about January 6th. Peter Ducey asked her simply, if denying an election result is extreme today, and Biden said it was, then why wasn't it extreme when she said it? Oh, Peter, I've been waiting for you to ask that. Well, then answer it. Don't give us some double talk like she gave us by saying, and this is my favorite, I was talking about being in danger of voting rights. What does that even mean? In danger of voting rights. You mean it's dangerous to have voting rights? She thinks so. Because she can't talk. As soon as she's caught in a lie, she starts making ridiculous assertions like that. It makes no sense. But she said he was ridiculous. Ridiculous? You said these people didn't win their elections. Biden claims that's extreme behavior. You're being asked why your behavior wasn't extreme, and you go into January 6th. And then you claim that the majority of Americans agree with Biden that we want democracy. As if Biden's the only person who thinks that this country should have democracy. Everybody else thinks we don't need democracy. Let's let's kill democracy. But Joe Biden says we need it. That woman is literally insane. January 6th, let's let people died January 6th. Law enforcement died. Saying that law enforcement died on January 6th would be akin to saying 10-year-olds died in Montana on January 6th. Because I'm sure somebody did. But no law enforcement officer, not one, died as a result of January 6th. Not one. So that lie continues. And I wish Peter Ducey would have said to her, can you name the law enforcement officer that died as a result of January 6th protests? Name him or her or it. You can't because no one did. And anyone who denies that January 6th was a riot, we're going to call them out. You think anybody cares that Joe Biden calls them out? No one cares what he says or thinks. We make fun of him because he's illiterate. And by the way, that started before he was demented. That's been going on for decades, as I'm going to show you later in the show. His pathological lying has been going on for decades, as I'll show you later in the show. And Greg Abbott is correct in responding back to Beetlejuice by saying Mayor Lightfoot is attacking Texas instead of addressing the real cause of the border crisis, Joe Biden. His inaction at our border is putting the lives of Texans at risk and is overwhelming our communities. Texas is doing Biden's job to to secure the border. And that's all very true. Now, the list of election deniers goes on and on and on. She's claiming that, I guess she's claiming, that people who deny the election when they're named Karine Jean-Pierre are okay. Those kind of people denying the election are just fine. 
But when Hillary Clinton denies the election and other liberals deny election results, not a peep from Karine Jean-Pierre or Joe Biden, for that matter. And here's the proof of the deniers. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. The president is an illegitimate racist occupying the White House. The Russian uh, 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 weighing in on the election, the Russian attempt to have, to have the election, and frankly, the FBI's uh, weighing in on the election, I think make the, make, makes his election illegitimate. He's illegitimate. And my biggest fear is that he's going to do it again with the help of Vlad, his best pal, and we're going to be stuck for six more years of this guy. And that is terrifying. It's terrifying. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. He absolutely agrees. So here he stands the other day. There's only two kinds of mega Republicans, those who win an election and those who claim they were stolen. And there he is claiming that Donald Trump stole the election in 2016. Right out of Biden's own mouth. Right out of Hillary Clinton's own mouth. Right out of that other array of morons, their own mouths. The one lady at the end there, she was a person attending one of Biden's rallies during his campaign. Rally, I use the term loosely. I think there were 20 people that showed up at his speech on Labor Day. 20 while Donald Trump filled an arena and had an overflow crowd in the same area. But here's a list of your election deniers, Karine Jean-Pierre. Number one is you. Former Je- uh, President Jimmy Carter said Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. Senator Dianne Feinstein says, I do when asked if she believes Russia's interference altered the outcome of the 2016 election. Representative Marsha Fudge claims President Trump may, in fact, not be a legitimate president. Jamie Raskin, the congressman, Sheila Jackson Lee in Congress, Barbara Lee, among other Democrats, object during Trump's electoral vote certification in 2017. Wait a minute. They objected to the very count that protesters objected to on January 6th of 2021. But nothing was said to these liberals. They weren't trying to crucify Jamie Raskin like they tried to do to Josh Hawley for saying the same thing. The same thing. Debbie Wasserman, the congresswoman, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who still has a hairdo from the 1970s, says the 2016 election was affected by the Russian interference. Ted Lieu, the congressman from California, There absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy over the 2016 election. Congressman Raul Garulia says the 2016 election legitimacy is in question. And Hillary Clinton added it wasn't on the level. Terry McAuliffe on the 2000 election. 2000 now. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. Joe Biden. I think Al Gore won in 2000. It's pretty amazing. But it's only MAGA Republicans who claim this, according to Biden and Karine Jean-Pierre. Now, does Biden owe an apology to the country? And has he been very clear, Karine Jean-Pierre? The president was very clear. All you have to do, again, 
folks need to watch his speech, go read this speech if you have it. It is powerful, it is impactful, and you will hear directly from the commander-in-chief what he was speaking to. And he actually called out, he called out mainstream Republicans, Democrats, independents to come join him to help protect, to fight to protect our democracy. So it was about a specific, particular, extreme, extreme part of the party uh, that has taken over. And here's the thing. It is up to us in this moment to make sure that we are protecting the values of this country. That's why he did this Mm -hmm. speech at Independence Hall. Oh, he did it there. He lied there in front of Independence Hall. He lied the very place where the Constitution was signed. He lied to protect the values of the United States. And as you heard her say, we heard from him directly. She says that a lot. We heard directly. So we heard the lie directly rather than secondhand. I always like it when I hear lies directly from the liar. She wants to make it clear. The president was very clear. And then she said a bunch of nothing. Except MAGA bad, Biden good. And you heard it directly from Karine Jean-Pierre. Now when she made that inane, asinine, single-digit IQ comment a week or so ago about No one is crossing the border. No one is walking across the Texas border from Mexico. Ted Cruz, the Texas senator, invited her to the border. He said, in fact, that she and he could walk around with Border Patrol agents for one hour, just 60 minutes of the day. And if they didn't witness hundreds of people crossing over, then he would call a news conference and issue a public apology and say he was wrong, that he lied. But if they do witness hundreds crossing the border, then she would have the same news conference and admit that she lied. Of course, she declined. And when she was pressed on it by a reporter, she pretended not to know who Ted Cruz was. Cheap shots abound when this woman opens or when this thing opens its mouth. Senator Ted Cruz has uh, publicly invited, suggested that you come down to see that for yourself. Who? Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, he's he's suggested that you come down and see for yourself whether migrants are actually crossing the border by foot. Um, Is that something that you would take him up on? So I've been to the border. I went in 2018. Uh, I stood outside facilities where the Trump administration was separating families, uh, tearing babies out of their mother's arms. Uh, Some of those kids still haven't been uh, reunited with their families. And so one thing I, I will say is I certainly don't need lectures uh, or invitations from Republicans about the border or uh, border policies. And, um, you know, and I certainly won't take advice on border from, from anyone who voted uh, against uh, securing record level of funding uh, for the Department of uh, Homeland Security. And, uh, and you know, and while folks are sending invites, I'll use this opportunity to, uh, to invite him or anyone else uh, next time to vote for record funding uh, for DHS, as President Biden has, uh, has requested. She really thought that was clever. Since people are inviting, I'll use this time to invite Ted Cruz to vote my way. That's not an invitation. That's a communist dictatorship demand. So she won't take lectures from someone. Ted Cruz wasn't lecturing her. He simply made her an offer. He didn't lecture her at all. In fact, he said if he's wrong, he'll admit that he lied. That's hardly lecturing. 
But she certainly lectured. Did you hear her lecture? She's been to the border. That sounded like heels up Harris. I've been to the border. She claimed she was there and witnessed Donald Trump's administration ripping babies from the arms of their parents, putting them in cages. If she was there and witnessed Border Patrol agents separating families, it's because they had to, number one. Secondly, it was in carrying on with the policy of Barry Hussein Obama. It was Obama who started that policy, not Trump. When Trump realized how wrong it was, guess who ended it? Donald Trump. So you're a liar, and you continue to lie, and you'll always be a liar. Directly from me to you, you're a liar. I hope you understood that because I tried to be clear. I don't think my meaning is vague. You're a liar, Karine Jean-Pierre. But it's in keeping with the cowardice that perpetuates itself among liberals and Democrats and media. They're cowards. Eric Ryden's running for the Senate here in Missouri in the primary. Invited Eric Schmidt and Vicki Hartzler to a debate. In fact, the debate commission invited them. The only person that said he'd show up was Eric Ryden's. No one else. What are you afraid of? Carrie Lake, who's running for governor in Arizona, promised that she'd show up for any debates whatsoever. In fact, made it very easy for her opponent, Katie Hobbs. Carrie Lake, did Katie Hobbs decline your invitation for a debate? And my opponent, Katie Hobbs, has officially declined the debate. Hobbs is so terrified that I might bring up the fact that she is a twice convicted racist and that her racism cost the Arizona taxpayers nearly $3 million. She doesn't have one single policy to stand on. Not one. I made it unbelievably easy for her. She picks the date, the time, the moderator. She even had the chance to write all of the questions. But she would rather hide from the voters and let Soros and other dark money groups pour millions of dollars into attack ads against me. That's her plan. Well, Katie, it didn't work in the primary, and it's not going to work in the general either. Arizona, Hobbs thinks so little of you that she isn't even going to campaign and try to earn your vote. But I sure will. Carpe diem to Carrie Lake. Every single word, 100% accurate. Katie Hobbs is a liar. She's also a coward. But that's the way these people are. Now, I've advocated for a civil war. I've said we are going to have a civil war, and perhaps it's the only way to straighten this country out. But I've been predicting a civil war for quite some time. Tiffany Cross over there at MSNBC and that buffoon Ely Mistal are concerned about that. In fact, Tiffany Cross thinks it feels like a civil war whenever MAGA Republicans talk. These days, it feels like we are not just at the brink of a civil war, but that one has already begun. Trump supporters are already speaking the language of violence. They're threatening the FBI, the DOJ, the state itself, and this is all as they defend their dear leader. It is a fascist movement that has embraced white nationalism and wants to impose its religious beliefs as law. It's no longer Republicans versus Democrats. It's Americans versus MAGA. (laughs) Americans versus MAGA. Ely Mistal, the esteemed Harvard nitwit, has proclaimed that what he determines as an American is what an American is. 
it shows you how little liberals actually use their brain to think. Mistal, Cross, all of them didn't jump on this MAGA wagon until Biden said so. He said jump and they said how high. Always refer to them as MAGA Republicans like it's a dirty word. Only in this country could a politician use the term make America great again as a bad thing to be. But if you look closely at it, they're actually telling you how they really feel. Making America great again is not on their agenda because that would defeat their whole purpose for living. They don't want America to be great. They don't want other countries to look up to America. They want us to be down at their level. There's nothing right with this country, according to these liberal big mouth blowhards. We're systemically racist after all. It's Jim Crow 2.0. We have MAGA Republicans out there. Donald Trump, whose love for this country is as obvious as the hair on his head, and who presided over four years of the greatest prosperity this country has ever seen, is somehow viewed as bad by them. That's all you need to think, really. Think about how the guy that presided over our greatest prosperity is the guy they hate. Not only that, Trump presided over this and his policies caused this to work and he worked for nothing. He gave his salary to charities. He donated. Think Biden's donating his? You'd think Biden would have made enough millions by shaking down foreign countries that he could donate his salary, but he doesn't. And that, of course, brings us to one of the most ridiculous things going on right now, and that's this Mar-a-Lago search. And we can thank Judge Aileen Connor for issuing her ruling on Labor Day that a special master would be appointed to review what is executive privilege. Because executive privilege is a very vague term. And it's enjoyed by every president. The liberals want you to believe somehow that all of a sudden executive privilege only applies to a sitting president. Now, of course, there's no case law. There's nothing in the Constitution. There's nothing anywhere that validates that. But after all, they are Democrats. So if they say it, it must be so. And that's their entire case right now. They say it. They say it's okay to raid someone's house, take his papers, take everything else. They took medicine. Can you imagine these people? They took medical records. Medical records. So, the only issue, and the one that the judge rightfully wanted to appoint a special master to start start to adjudicate, is whether or not all of these papers that Trump declassified carry executive privilege. And she also said that during the interim period, while the special master reviews them, there can be no criminal proceeding going forward against President Trump. So she put that on hold. That was a big kick in the nuts to Merrick Garland. But William Barr, the greatest anti-Trump attorney general that's not in office today, was the opinion granting the special master correct? And the opinion, I think, was wrong, and I think the government should appeal it. 
uh, is deeply flawed in a number of ways. <clears throat> I don't think the appointment of a special uh, master is going to hold up, but even if it does, I don't see it fundamentally changing the trajectory. I, in other words, I don't think it changes the ball game so much as maybe we'll have a rain uh, rain delay for a couple yeah. of innings. But I think that the fundamental dynamics of the case are set, which is the government has very strong evidence of what it really needs to determine whether charges are appropriate, which is government documents were taken, classified information was taken and not handled appropriately, and uh, they are looking into, and there's some evidence to suggest, that they were deceived. Actually, there's no evidence to suggest any of that, but Barr says it that way, carefully couches his words so as not to be liable for slander. The evidence suggests, he said. Well, anybody can say that. The evidence suggests to me that you're a pompous, blowhard, fat ass. Actually, my evidence is pretty good. But that's what it suggests to me, because that's what you are. You're a traitor. You're a liar. You, like Biden, lie to the American public daily. Then you write a book in which you lie some more. You are nothing but a bucket-carrying George W. Bush ass-kisser. That's all you are. And that's all you're doing. You're carrying George W. Bush's water for him because he's too much of a coward to say the things you're saying. So because you are an ass-kisser of George W. Bush, you'll say it for him. Now, it doesn't matter that you're accurate. It doesn't matter that you're lying. It's never mattered to people like you, William Barr. You lied when you told the American people that there was no evidence that suggested his favorite word. Election results that were fraudulent. You know why he doesn't know? You know why that was a lie? Because he never investigated. So he doesn't know what evidence is out there. He doesn't know if there's a lot, if there's a little, if there's none. He has no idea because he never investigated it. So he thinks the ruling from Judge Connor was incorrect. He, of course, points to nothing that makes it incorrect. He simply claims that the government has a very strong case and it will be overturned. Her ruling will be overturned. Well, William Barr would be, let's use measurements. William Barr would be one inch of knowledge regarding these types of cases. Alan Dershowitz, the constitutional professor at Harvard for years and one of the lawyers that defended President Trump, even though he is anti-Trump to his last breath. But this is why I do respect Dershowitz. doesn't mean he's always right, but I respect him because his views are the Constitution's views. He doesn't deviate from that. He doesn't play politics. And he thinks William Barr is full of shit. So Alan Dershowitz, does the Department of Justice have a case to overturn Judge Connor's ruling of appointing a special master? Well, they have no case at all, I think, on the issue of a special master. They may have uh, an appeal on the issue of what gets delayed. Obviously, what has to be delayed if you have a special master is investigations based in any way on any documents that could conceivably be part of a lawyer-client privilege. But that would permit certain investigations to go forward. According to the judge's decision yesterday, the national security investigation can still go forward. That hasn't been stopped. The only, only the criminal investigation is stopped. 
And there's no rush on that because of the 60-day rule. There's a 60-day rule in the Justice Department that says you don't do anything public within 60 days of an election, and it's almost 60 days of an election now, just about 60 days of an election. And so the Justice Department is not going to be doing anything for 60 days anyway, so no harm, no foul. I just think that this is part of the get-Trump mentality among experts and uh, among advocates uh, who are academics. And they just apply different rules to Trump than they apply to anyone else. Look, I'm not a Trump supporter. I vote against him. But I'm a supporter of equal justice under law. Carpe Triple DM Alan Dershowitz. Now, he explained why they have no case at all. And they don't have a case to overturn her order. It'll be interesting to see who the special master is. And it'll be interesting to see if the Department of Justice appeals the ruling on the special master alone and see where that goes. Because I can tell you where it will end up. It will end up in the Supreme Court. Now, when William Barr says... It will only delay it a couple of innings, like a rain delay. I've got news for him. You won't have a ruling on any of this before next Christmas. Not this coming Christmas, but the following Christmas. Because no matter what decision is rendered, A, by the special master, B, by any judicial panel that is in charge of hearing the legality of the rightfulness of her decision, those are going to take forever because they'll be appealed by either side. And the appeal process will go all the way to the Supreme Court. We know how fast they move. So Barr is lying to the American people again when he claims, and anyone with a brain, a morsel of legal knowledge understands the slowness of the judicial system. So everyone knows how long it's going to take except him. And of course, The liberals have their media people out there backing them up. Alan Dershowitz, what did the New York Times cite yesterday? You know, uh, the New York Times today cited academics all against the opinion. Uh, That wasn't a news story. That was an editorial. They didn't cite a single academic who was in favor of the decision. Um, Obviously, I'm in favor of the decision. Many others are in favor of the decision. But the Times made it seem like every academic in the world was against it. I guarantee you one thing. If this were President Hillary Clinton, former President Hillary Clinton, and she had a search like this, and the judge, who was a Democrat, had appointed a special master, virtually every one of those academics would be applauding this. It is hypocrisy. They fail the shoe on the other foot test, and no one should take them seriously. Carpe quadruple diem, Alan Dershowitz. He's so right. It's purely politics, and it's so obvious. By the way, he voted for Hillary Clinton and against Donald Trump. He voted against Donald Trump twice. Now, we can debate the wisdom of Dershowitz's votes. He couldn't possibly, as a wise man, think that either one of them were better than Donald Trump. But when it comes to examining legal rulings, he puts a different hat on, and he's very honest and very forthright in his analysis. When it comes to voting, he's not. And that's not to say he's wrong in his vote, but he doesn't apply the same standard. If he applied the same standard to voting as he does to the legal analysis, he would have clearly voted for Trump for re-election because Trump's policies worked. But he couldn't take off his liberal hat in terms of voting. 
I will bet you an, a dime to a dollar that Alan Dershowitz's voting record is 100% liberal his entire life. If he's ever voted for Republican, it would be so rare it would cure cancer. Andrew McCabe, yes, that's right, Andrew McCabe of all people, the disgraced, lying, corrupt former FBI agent who made it his life's mission to bring down Donald Trump any way he could, legally or otherwise. But even Andrew McCabe knows that this was a win for Donald Trump. But the rest of his liberal cohorts on television don't get it. Oh, no question. It's a huge win for Trump. How on earth could a judge who made it through law school think that Donald Trump can take the property of the government, the federal government, take it home, and then have to have a special master decide whether they can investigate him? Because she's biased and corrupt. Like, I don't know what to tell everybody anymore. Like, I've, I've been saying this since he took office. When you allow Republicans to control the courts, you get nothing. Trump judges do not believe in the rule of law. They do not believe in precedent. They do not believe in facts. They do not believe in logic. They just believe in whatever is going to help Donald Trump. And they've proven it again and again and again. So when I say that you cannot trust Trump judges, I don't know what more evidence you need for that fact, right? Like, look, the, the argument that he has executive privilege is so what the scientists would call stupid, that it, that it that it's difficult to explain it, right? Like the idea that, first of all, privilege goes to the current president. We only have one president at a time. So it's not Trump's privilege to, to have. Uh, once again, a liberal, Ely Mastal, claiming that he and he alone determines what executive privilege is and who has it. As Alan Dershowitz will tell you, well, I'll wait till he tells you because we've got that clip as well. But in Mistal's world, Trump judges, Trump-appointed judges will always vote in favor of Donald Trump time and time and time again. And yet, that's a lie as well. Some of the judges that Trump has appointed have ruled against him in these various claims and various lawsuits. So when you listen to the lies that these people tell, just understand, truly, if their lips are moving, they're lying. They make it up as they go along. They don't care that you're uninformed because that plays to their knowledge. You see, they're stupid, but they know you're dumber or lazier, whichever the case may be. They know you'll never check what they say. It's not difficult to check it. My God, some of it's actually been in the news that Trump-appointed judges ruled against him. So that claims another lie. But my favorite there was Joy Reid. When she says, how could someone who's gone to law school and passed the bar exam not understand that property of the government can't be taken home by Donald Trump? Now, Joy Reid does not have a law degree. Joy Reid did not pass a bar and I doubt that she passed even the hotel bar. But Joy Reid knows nothing when it comes to anything, for that matter, but especially legal matters. She's a buffoon. But she knows, and she alone, knows that those are property of the government, those papers. She, she determines that. Don't you love it how liberals know what the law is when they don't know the law? Alan Dershowitz, 
Is executive privilege clear? Is that a a theory that is clear? And if not, will the court end up determining it? Not only is it not clear, it will be determined in court. And if the Biden decision is accepted, goodbye executive privilege. What president is ever going to confide in a chief of staff if that president knows that two years from now, three years from now, when a new president of a different party comes in, they will make all that material publicly available. If you're going to have executive privilege, it has to survive the incumbency of the particular president. It has to be like the lawyer-client privilege and other privileges that cannot be terminated by an adversary. Here you have an adversary, the man who's going to run against Trump, making the decision whether to allow him to invoke executive privilege. It makes no sense at all. And I don't care if a thousand academics say it's nutty, they're wrong because they're all influenced by the fact that this is Trump. If you had a serious academic seminar, most academics would agree that if you're going to have an executive privilege, it cannot be terminated by the man who's going to run against the man who is claiming the executive privilege. It makes absolutely no sense. Zero sense, but that would be in keeping with Ely Mastal and Joy Reid because they know nothing. Isn't it amazing that Mastal, who I believe teaches a class in law school at Harvard, doesn't know the law? We're always impressed by someone who went to the Harvard School of Law. But why are we? By reputation only. I can tell you this. When I was at Mizzou's Law School, we had more faculty there that had been through Harvard or Yale or one of those distinguished Ivy League law schools. On the faculty at Mizzou, then I'll guarantee you Harvard had Harvard grads, certainly Yale grads. So to go from Harvard Law School or Mizzou's Law School, there really is no difference. In fact, I would put Mizzou's faculty at that time, I don't know what it's like now, at that time up against anyone's. These guys and these ladies were really smart people. And they had distinguished themselves. But this guy, this guy's a babbling buffoon. He's black and he wears big gray hair in a big old afro to make him look like he's some sort of civil rights activist when he's really just a loudmouth nitwit who doesn't know anything about the law. Alan Dershowitz is very honest. He said executive privilege law is unclear, but it will be determined by the court. According to Mistal, it's very clear, and Trump doesn't have it. Well, Eli Mastal, could you point that out to us? Can you show us the legal doctrine of the case law that says it's very clear? Because I'd like to see it. But he can't because it doesn't exist. And so we'll all find out what executive privilege really means. We'll find that out altogether. Again, that will go to the Supreme Court, and that's where it belongs. But that's where it's headed. And he's right, Dershowitz says. It would make no sense whatsoever if a former president exerting executive privilege is denied that by his successor, who, in fact, is his next political opponent. Where's the sense in that? He's right. Executive privilege is dead if they would rule that way. Absolutely dead. And I wonder if Baron Trump's belongings were property of the government 
or if Melania Trump's underwear or wardrobe or shoes were they property of the government, medical records, private medical records, which is what was seized, is that property of the government, Joy Reid? You complete and utter ass. You've really got to be careful with who you're listening to when it comes to this crap. And now The View has hired this Alyssa Farrah Griffin. You've heard from her before. She's another, she's another one, a Republican who's a rhino, but who loves to hear herself talk and will use her association with the Trump White House to ride into a lucrative-paying television job. So she's now on The View as the quote-unquote Republican voice, which she's not. Just another traitor in the Trump administration, really. And she was uh, on the Good Morning America show the other day to promote herself being on The View and told everyone how she can't wait to grill Hillary Clinton. You think this woman is going to grill Hillary Clinton? Supposedly it's on this week. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll get clips of it for you. But she will not. She will cower, in fact, and start sucking up like the rest of them do. But Biden, in telling the world that Donald Trump is a semi-fascist and so are his followers, didn't really get the ire of Alyssa Farrah Griffin, who you could say is one of his followers, even though she stabs him in the back in order to make money. But Alyssa Farrah Griffin, did you take a little issue a little bit of an issue with Biden or a lot of issue? I take a little bit of issue with him broadly applying the term semi-fascist to Republicans. Do I think Donald Trump's to a semi-fascist? To MAGA Republican. To MAGA okay, Republican. Okay, be specific. Okay, that's true. Right. I think Donald Trump is. I think the vast majority of his supporters are not. I think they are good people who want an economy that works for them, who saw more money in their paycheck under Donald Trump. She thinks Donald Trump is. So she's admitting to you that she willingly worked for what she considers a semi-fascist. What does that tell you about Alyssa Farrah Griffin? But she only takes a little bit of issue with Biden. And, of course, Joy Reid wanted her to distinguish MAGA Republicans, not Republicans. I've got news for them. They love to claim that this high percentage of Republicans views the world the same as Donald Trump. So when they say Republicans, they mean MAGA Republicans. And Republicans that don't share Trump's view of this country and what's good for it are not conservatives, which means they're not Republicans. I don't know what they are. They're probably liberals because they wouldn't be independent thinkers, that's for sure. But leave it to good old Sonny Hostin Hostin Houston to have her big old curly head of hair out there back from the 70s jump in and tell us all that If you think like Donald Trump, you're a semi-fascist. And there's no way around it. No possible way around it. Because she says 60 to 70% of Republicans see the world that way. Right, Sonny? 60 to 70% of Republicans believe that Donald Trump is the leader of their party. And so if you are saying that he is a fascist... What are they? If you are saying that he is a white supremacist, what are they? Right. If you are saying that he is a racist, what are they? Because if you follow someone that has hate in their heart, and I believe that he does, then you are complicit in that. Yeah. And you don't get a pass on it. You do not get a pass I'm glad to know that I don't get a pass on it because Sonny Hostin 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 says I don't.
you do not get a pass. If you follow someone who has hate in their heart, can someone show me any example, and I mean any, of Donald Trump or his actions showing anything akin to hatred? Anything. Blacks, Hispanics, women, every ethnic group, every group of people, every segment of our population did better when he was president. Better. He earmarked more money to historical, historically black universities and colleges than any president in history. So where's this hatred in his heart, Sonny Host in Houston? Did someone tell you that? Of course somebody did. But it isn't your experience with Donald Trump because he would have nothing to do with you. And I mean absolutely nothing. So if you follow a white supremacist, what are you? First of all, that word, that phrase is absurd. It doesn't even exist. But her analogy is, if Donald Trump is all of these things, and by the way, he's none of them, but if he were any of them, if you support him, that makes you one of them. So, by that line of thinking, if her husband was convicted of robbing from his company, then that means she would rob from the company. If her husband was convicted of murder, that means she's a murderer. Or you're certainly in favor of murder. Wow. This MSNBC crew of complete and utter morons must have heard a different speech last week from Biden than you and I heard. Tell me if you don't think so. President Biden gave a really strong speech, and and I loved it. I, I, I believe everything he said. It was an urgent wartime address. If you look up mm-hmm. fascism in the dictionary... You're going to find all of those things. So I'm really not sure what the Republicans are all upset about other than the fact that it was named. Hillary Clinton told the truth when he said, she said that there were um, deplorable people in the Republican Party supporting Donald Trump. And they were, he was exciting a lot of racism and misogyny and bigotry. <laughs> that last guy doesn't even know what Trump's first name is. He called him Donald with an M. Donald Trump. And he called Clinton a guy. Now, he might have something there. He might have a little insider information there. Maybe that's why Slick Willie's been wandering his entire life. He inadvertently married a guy, according to this guy. How about the one guy? It was a wartime address. Sure it was. It was just like Franklin Delano Roosevelt sitting by the fireside chat. Yeah, that's what it was. Joy Reid told us if we look up fascism in the Dixianary, she said, Dixianary, is it a Southern Dictionary? Is it a Dixianary? Or is it a dictionary? In her view, it's from the South. But if you look it up, then all of the points of us and Donald Trump are right there. Again, liberals projecting what they are onto other people. They do it all the time. All the time. It's pretty incredible. Now, it's amazing to me You heard Hillary Clinton earlier denying the legitimacy of Donald Trump's presidency. But she also tweeted out this, and this was just yesterday, when she tweeted out 
in response to the raid on Mar-a-Lago. She says, I can't believe we're still talking about this, but my emails, as Trump's problems continue to mount, the right is trying to make this about me again. There's even a Clinton standard. The fact is, I had zero emails that were classified. Okay, that's what she tweeted out. But James Comey, back in 2016, says, you're lying, Hillary. From the group of 30,000 emails returned to the State Department in 2014, 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. Eight of those chains contained information that was top secret at the time they were sent. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. So Comey is now saying, or said then, that Merrick Garland is not a reasonable prosecutor. Because the reason that he said there was evidence of Hillary Clinton violating the, sta- the statutes and breaking the law by taking classified information is because she wasn't president. But if you're president, you can declassify anything you want. She could not. But she took them anyway. So she says in her what should be an infamous tweet, but we know how the media is, the fact is that I had zero emails that were classified, and yet Comey, her buddy, her buddy and liberal Trump hater, says that 110 emails that she took were classified in 56 email threads, and that eight of them, eight of the threads were labeled top secret. But hey, she's a liberal, we'll take her at her word. She said zero, so it must be zero. But he's also a liberal. Should we take him at his word, that she's a liar? we got two liberals accusing each other of lying. It's a beautiful thing. We do know this. They recognize a liar when they see one. And speaking of lies and big-time, prime-time lies, this Hunter Biden fiasco has reached the apex of lying. It has taken lying to a new standard. And the extent of the efforts of the FBI and the Justice Department to cover it up. I mean, they make Nixon and the Watergate burglars look like beginners. These people have covered this up from the get-go. And Miranda Devine, who's been on this story like a fly on food, has gotten it right at every turn. Not one time has her accounts been disputed by anyone. Miranda Devine, what have you found that's new? What we've found now that's new is that Tony Bobulinski was uh, interviewed for five and a half hours by the FBI 11 days before the 2020 election. Uh, He gave them chapter and verse on Joe Biden's involvement in his son Hunter and his brother Jim Biden's influence peddling scheme around the world. Uh, Tens of millions of dollars came into Biden family coffers. Uh, including from China. Now, Joe Biden was involved and Tony Bobulinski told the FBI that he had met 
with the former vice president twice. Now, uh, we also know that Tony Bobolinsky handed over the contents of three of his phones uh, and the, uh, he met with four FBI agents and then he was told that uh, he, Timothy Tebow, was assigned as point man and uh, Tony Bobolinsky uh, his lawyer called Tebow and said, what's happening next? And Tebow assured him that uh, he would keep him up to date with the next stage in the investigation and that there was an investigation going on into Tony Bobolinsky's amazing bombshell whistleblower, whistleblower allegations. And he was told that he would probably have to come back for a follow-up interview. But he never heard from them again. Never heard from them again. Timothy Tebow, that's the guy who's resigned in disgrace from the FBI. He was in charge of that investigation. So Trump says not only did they steal his passports illegally in the raid, but they, as I mentioned earlier, they took his complete and highly confidential medical file and history. He says, at least they'll see I am very healthy and absolutely perfect physical specimen, plus personal tax records. Those are illegal to take. And the, and the um, FBI and the Department of Justice has already admitted they took illegally took privileged information between lawyer and client. So when Joy Reid, in her legal expertise, claims that this was property of the government and that it was simple to determine, she once again has proven to be a lying buffoon, a babbling idiot. It's something to see, really, because I think you'd want to see Joy Reid, you'd want to take your kids around the TV set some night to watch Joy Reid and just explain to them, I want you to see something before it's extinct. A babbling idiot. That's what we call this. You won't see her at the zoo, but MSNBC is somewhat of a zoo, so I guess you could call it that. But here we have a babbling idiot. It's not, it's not next to the penguin cage. It's in a cage all by itself. It's a babbling idiot. Larry Elder is not that. Larry Elder is a black man who ran for governor in the recall case out in California. Every time Larry Elder speaks, he's another guy that I pay close attention to. A, he's well-versed in the topic that he's talking about. B, he's a sharp guy to begin with. C, he looks for no excuses for his success or failure. And I love a guy like him. He's now made a movie. It's called Uncle Tom 2. Larry Elder, was that movie based on your unsuccessful gubernatorial run? Well, it was also informed by the experience of people like Herman Cain, uh, who were treated uh, as uh, white supremacists, despite the fact that they're black. And the reason the director, Justin Malone, and I did these uh, films uh, is to refute this uh, shorthand narrative that the black experience in America was uh, blacks uh, emancipated, wandered along aimlessly uh, in, in favor, uh, uh, in the face of severe obstacles. Uh, and then along came the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King. And even though blacks got voting rights and other rights, uh, Blacks are still mired and do daily battle in a country that is systemically racist. And, of course, it's nonsense. Nonsense. It's not systemically racist, and he understands the reasons why. Because after slavery, Larry Elder, where were the majority of blacks after slavery? After slavery, the majority of black people, of course, could not read or write. Within a relatively period, short period of time, they could. 
And in 1940, 87% of blacks lived below the federally defined level of poverty. Uh, 20 years later, that number had, re had fallen to 47%, a 40-point drop in 20 years, the greatest 20-year period of economic expansion for blacks in American history. Why? Reliance on family. Uh, in, in many instances, a black kid was more likely to be born to a mother and father married to each other than a white kid. A reliance on American values. Look at speeches by Frederick Douglass, replete with references to American values. Reliance on Judeo-Christian uh, principles uh, and a belief in entrepreneurship. Uh, 1901, Booker T. Washington writes a book called Up From Slavery. This is a man who was born a slave, talks about working hard, learning a skill of value to the community. And if you do that, nothing at all can stop you. And you know why the liberals and especially the black liberals don't like Larry Elder? Because he's right. He understands that hard work especially in this country in this day and age, will get you ahead no matter who you are, no matter what color your skin is. But if you want to play the victim role the whole, your whole life, be my guest. But Larry Elder's not going to do that. Like millions of black people, Larry Elder's gone out and worked for everything he's gotten. He hasn't uh, sucked on the government teat for his entire life. He doesn't think he's owed anything because of, his, of the color of his skin. He doesn't feel like he's been a victim of racism. Maybe he was in his younger days. I guarantee his parents and grandparents were. But that hasn't stopped him. Larry Elder wasn't born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He wasn't born on third base thinking he hit a triple. Like George W. Bush was. And Larry Elder had more thoughts. If you fast forward to today, what do we see, Larry Elder? Fast forward, we have a movement called Black Lives Matter, where the co-founders are self-described trained Marxists. Marxists, of course, was an atheist who hated uh, private property, did not believe in entrepreneurship. Uh, and, and on Black Lives Matter website, they attacked the nuclear intact family. So the very things that made blacks go forward, despite horrendous obstacles, despite the Klan, despite lynchings, despite all these kinds of things, still enable black people to go forward. Uh, they're all now under attack by movements like Black Lives Matter. I love hearing a guy like him call out Black Lives Matter. First of all, he's black, so you can't say he's being a racist, although they will. You heard him laugh when he talked about Herman Cain, a black conservative whom the liberals referred to as a white supremacist. I'm sure they think Larry Elder's a white supremacist, too. This is how dumb liberals are, that they actually believe stuff like that. So that somehow I could believe that, oh, I don't know, Joe Smith the white guy down the street is a black supremacist. <laughs> the idiocy of, of their points, and they don't have any points, but the idiocy of their spoken word is laughable. They're actually a funny group. When you start thinking about them, they could be a sitcom. What could we call it? It could be a weekly sitcom. It would be the return of the sitcom, actually, because the sitcoms are gone. All the great shows are gone, and they'll never return as long as the woke crowd is in charge. But we could just call it um, Deep Liberal Thoughts. That could be the name of our show every week, Deep Liberal Thoughts. By its very nature, the title makes you laugh. Liberals don't have deep thoughts. They have two thoughts, power, greed, and then they'll throw a third one in every now and then, white supremacy. Now, you heard that MSNBC crew talking about the speech that they heard Biden give. Eric Trump, the Donald's son, also heard the same speech. 
Eric Trump, were you shocked? And what was it like at your dad's rally this past weekend in Pennsylvania? I mean, I was shocked by that speech. I mean, I used to think that Biden was, you know, senile and incompetent. Now I think he's angry, senile and incompetent. What I can tell you that I'm proud of is I saw that crowd in Northeast Pennsylvania this weekend. And it was unbelievable. The love there, the chanting, the patriotism, the American flags, uh, the love for this country, the love for America. It was incredible. Then you see Biden, who was there a day earlier. I mean, he literally had 30 people in the crowd. My father had 25,000. I mean, you, you literally filled up a massive arena. And then there were overflow crowds outside. Overflow crowds fill up a huge arena. Biden had 20. He said Hillary, but he meant Biden. Biden had 20 or 30 people. You've seen the video. It's laughable. This is the current president of the United States making a speech about labor to unions on Labor Day. And he couldn't even get half of a union, half of one union to show up. Because nobody cares. Nobody gets all ginned up to go watch an illiterate speak and a demented old man speak. Can you imagine rallying your family? Hey, Joe Biden's in town. Let's go hear that literally literally moronic imbecile speak to us. And your family would look at you like, who's the moronic imbecile? You or him? We're not giving up our holiday to go listen to that clown. Mumble and stumble and make things up. Why would any sane person do that? Well, they they wouldn't. Biden and his gang are trying, along with the media, trying desperately to make abortion some sort of an election issue. And people like Brett Baer will tell you, well, you know, abortion is climbing. No, it's not. First of all, only insane people would even consider abortion as an election issue because the politicians running for office had nothing to do with it. They're not in charge of the Supreme Court. And you don't get a vote on the Supreme Court, so guess what? You can't even go after the people you disagree with. We've disagreed with the Supreme Court ruling for over 50 years, but you didn't see us do anything. We didn't run around threatening to kill the Supreme Court justices who ruled that way. We didn't camp outside their house, which is illegal, but it's never going to be prosecuted in this country today under the most corrupt regime you'll ever see. Now, if they think they're going to keep the black vote, which they take for granted every election cycle, they've got another thought coming because blacks, especially blacks, are anti-abortion. And here's a black man while these women were protesting and screaming and yelling about their abortion rights, which they don't have. He was about as blunt and to the point as you can be. We need more men with this guy's courage. You escaped abortion. You know that? You wouldn't be able to stand here and run your little entitled mouth if you was was aborted. You know that? You wouldn't be able to stand here and grieve if your mother decided to give you the death sentence. So I don't want to hear nothing about abortion because you know what? You really don't believe. You don't really believe that you should kill your own baby in, in the womb. You don't believe that. You know what you believe? You believe that you don't want to be called a bigot. You believe that you want to be accepted by your friends. You believe that you want to be popular. You believe that you want to be liked. So you wouldn't dare go against the popular narrative because you know you might lose your friends, you might lose your job, you might get canceled. 
You might not be able to make the money you want to make. You might not have the fame you want to have. And so what you do, you pander and you cater to people who literally want to murder human beings. How insane is that? Carpe diem to that man. Did you hear him start singing? They're such arrogant, snarky, pompous asses. And good for him because every word he spoke was spot on against them. They don't believe in it. Nobody believes you should kill your baby. Nobody. But they want to be popular. They want to be in the in crowd with their friends. Certainly don't want to lose their job. My God, don't mention it at work. I don't want to be canceled. It's incredible. But he was right with everything he said. Now, a research assistant was able to find instances of Joe Biden's blatant lying dating back all the way to 1987. So we've got 35 years of him lying in order to curry favor with the black community. Joe Biden will say anything to try to get blacks to think he is in their camp when he is not. Remember the guy who said he doesn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle so he was against busing and integration. He sponsored a crime bill that did nothing but put black men in prison for minor crimes. No violent crimes. That was Biden. He's proud of that one, by the way. He proudly proclaimed his close friendship with Robert Byrd, the grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan, and in fact eulogized Byrd as one of the great Americans at his funeral. He said, if you vote for Trump, you ain't black. And it goes on and on. But he wants you to think that he was somehow Martin Luther King Jr.'s right-hand man and was right in the middle of every civil rights march when, in fact, as you listen to this, understand Joe Wuhan Willie Otella Biden didn't take part in one civil rights march. Not one. Not one. And you hear Jake Tapper interject those thoughts as we go along. Let's go back to 1987. When I marched in the civil rights movement, I did not march with a 12-point program. I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes, and we changed attitudes. He lied to voters, according to the New York Times, uh, quoting aides of, of Biden's, about having marched in the civil rights movement. I got involved in the civil rights movement. I got involved in desegregated movie theaters. They organized voter registration drives. From the time I got involved as a high school kid in the civil rights movement. But I was a kid involved in the civil rights movement, desegregating restaurants and movie theaters in my state. From the time I got involved as a kid in the civil rights movement, sit-ins and desegregating restaurants. And I got involved in the civil rights movement uh, just as a kid. And that's why I got so deeply involved in my community with the civil rights movement. When I sat in black churches on the east side of Wilmington getting ready to, and by the way, next to Jewish, two Jewish rabbis, uh, getting ready to go out and desegregate movie theaters in Delaware. I come out of the civil rights movement. I start off in the black churches and we'd go from there to desegregate movie theaters. For real, I got involved in the civil rights movement. From the time I've been 18 years old, I've been involved in causes from the civil rights movement. Got involved in the civil rights movement and desegregating restaurants, that kind of thing. Coming out of the civil rights movement and being involved with the Jewish community as a kid in the civil rights movement. I got involved in the civil rights movement. Get ready to go out and desegregate restaurants and movie theaters. That's what got me involved in civil rights as a kid. I got very engaged 
in my case, the civil rights movement. Quote, more than once, advisors had gently reminded Mr. Biden of the problem with this formulation. He had not actually marched during the civil rights movement. And more than once, Mr. Biden assured them that he understood and kept telling the story anyway. That is really, really weird. It's not weird, Jake Tapper. It's Biden at his lying best. He always referred to these movie theaters and restaurants. Big Joe Biden's coming. We better integrate now. Big Joe Biden, the great marcher of civil rights integration, he's coming our way. Big Joe, the big guy, as we know him today, the big guy was right there. But remember what he said while he was screaming one day recently. We're changing people's lives. Yeah, you sure are. You're changing them for the worst. Nobody in this country except your cronies are better off today than they were just two years ago, not four years ago. And in keeping with the lie-themed baboons and buffoons of the Biden regime, Heels Up Harris told another whopper yesterday. She said this, I remember the first time I had a grape. Now, I like grapes, me personally, but I don't remember the first time I had one, but she does. She remembers the first time she had a grape, as if it were some sort of a monumental moment in her life. I went, wow, this is quite tasty. It was absolutely ingrained so deeply in me, never cross a picket line. Now, unfortunately for her, the uh, grape boycott began in June of 84. She was 19. It ended in November of 2000. She was 36. So, did you not have your first grape until you were 36? Or did you lie and have your first grape as a child, which of course all of us do, and your first thought as a child was never cross a picket line, even though there hadn't been a picket line? How many people eat anything and their first thought is, wow, never cross a picket line? Heels up Harris. She's it. The picket line crosser. Hey, you don't have to cross a picket line to get food at Taco Bell, though. And I bet you you remember the first time you had Taco Bell tacos. I'll bet you. I bet you remember their breakfast menu the first time you enjoyed that and you got yourself a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits for a dollar off the dollar crave menu. I'll bet you remember the first time that you saw a menu at Taco Bell and it's a dollar crave menu. And you went, whoo. I'd cross a picket line for that. I bet you remember the first time you saw the $5 Crave menu where you can get a triple-double crunch wrap with two tacos and a soft drink in a box for 5 bucks. I bet you remember that. You remember that breakfast quesadilla that you could get for under $2? How about those 2 a.m. crunch wraps, both under $3? Grande Scrambler under $3. That's all a Taco Bell. Those are the prices. I support locally owned and operated businesses. Same with Taco Bell locations. Here are the locally owned and operated ones in our area. In Missouri, St. Clair, Washington, Union, Cape Girardeau, Jackson, Chesterfield Valley. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo, State Capitol, Springfield. Porky Pig loves to eat up the entire menu. Carbondale, the home of the Salukis. Ducoin, the home of the State Fair. Troy, Salem, Decatur, Jerseyville, and Columbia. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. You can't beat them, I'm here to tell you.
You cannot beat them. All right, when we come back, we will certainly take your phone call, 636-538-0746. Will I roll out on that ribbon highway? I saw above me the endless I saw below me a golden valley. This land was made for you and Well, I roam and I ramble and I follow my footsteps through the sparkling sands of her diamond desert.
No matter where you are, it's a beautiful day because you woke up, right? So it's a good day. But we're right here in the Midwest, and, of course, people listening in six different countries, 31 different states. So we welcome you no matter what time of day it is, and we're thrilled that you're listening, and we appreciate that. Spread the good word, because spreading the word is the way to go. Spread the word about our podcast on Spotify, Amazon, Anchor, Google, Apple. It's wherever good podcasts are. You'll hear us. All right, our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. Cleo is first out of the box today. Good morning, Cleo. How are you? Morning, Cameron. How's it going? Can you hear me? I can hear you just perfectly. Okay, I thought there was some interference. I thought I was on a, out of limits there for Well, me. you never know with the liberals. <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> you talk about liberal deep thoughts. How about this How about this Kamala Harris and this great thing? Is that beautiful or what? You know, yeah, you, do, do you remember, Cleo, do you remember the first time you had a grape? <laughs> i tell you what, Kevin, I, I, tell, I do remember the first time I had a, a screwdriver and a rum and coke. I got oh. sick on both of them. <laughs> That's so kind of some slack, man. Yeah, you didn't get sick eating a grape. And uh, she her, her thought was, though, not really, whew, boy, this tastes good. Her thought was, Never cross a picket line. Okay. <laughs> little five-year-old Kamala. Little five-year-old Kamala. Never cross a picket line. Unbelievable. She will soon be president, I'll bet you. Oh, well, only if he passes away or they get rid of his ass because she'll never win an election. She wouldn't win an election as dog catcher these days, and I guarantee you, if she goes back to California with her tail between her legs, she ain't winning anything. <laughs> And in the, the FBI, I tell you, I got to get 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 in a little bit dig here. The FBI, they're rifling through the wife's and kids' clothing. Is that unbelievable? Well, it, there's two things. It's a two for two reasons. They're trying to put the middle finger to the whole family. Yes. And they're trying to discourage Melania from running for president. Or run her husband from home for president. That's that's the point of all that. So. Exactly. They want to put pressure on Melania to put pressure on him to say enough is enough. And you're hundred exactly. percent right. That's exactly what they were doing. And you know what yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, um. And and what they're doing, carrying what the FBI is doing when they're doing things like this, they're carrying through with the grand tradition of FBI directors being interested in women's underwear and clothing, J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> but he might have been interested in guys' underwear, too. Well, I, I thought it was – yeah, he might have that, too. You but, never know with him. He a, was an odd duck. It's a, it's a renowned fact that he wore women's dresses. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's very true. And uh, you know, But you never know why. And, and, I th- and I think Christopher Ray's carrying through with the tradition. I think he's got a pair of Melania's underwear on his head right now. He might he might have a pair like mounted in a uh, glass frame on his wall for all to see. Don't mess with me. Here's what I'll do. I'll raid your underwear closet. And, and how about this Grassley saying uh, that Ray needs to control his people? You mean Grassley can't figure out that it's Ray doing all this? Yeah. Ray told these people what to go through. He specifically told them to go through that, to take the man's medicine, to take the kid's clothing. His medical records, which yeah. are his privately, you can't even make an argument that those should be public knowledge. 
But interestingly enough, none of those FBI agents do anything without Christopher Ray's blessing. You can count on that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Grassley can't figure that out. What kind of idiot is he? Yeah, well, he's an 85-year-old uh, idiot, and he pr- probably, although I'm glad he's doing the work that he's doing, although someone's doing it for him, but at least he's doing something to bring these people uh, to our knowledge as to what they're up to. But, yeah, don't excuse Christopher Ray. Republicans need to stop that. Yeah, I know. But yeah, they never it. they never do, Cleo. Republicans are spineless. You got the Sean Hannity on there. Hey, the rank and file of the FBI. We're not disparaging them. They're great people. Good God. They're all, they're all liberals. He, he's weeded out the, the conservatives. Yeah, that's exactly true. And thank you, research assistant, for bringing out the, the instances of Biden lying. Uh, th- th- there's one instance, though, it was a plagiarism instance that took him out of a presidential race one time. I think it took him out of two. And because yeah. his plagiarism is rampant and well known. And you're exactly right. But the civil, see, this is where if I were black, I would just be filled with hatred for this guy. He's now claiming, and he has been claiming since 1987, that he took part in civil rights marches and he never did. Not once. Even even the, the liberal fella called him on it, whatever. Yeah, that Jake Tapper, that guy. Even he called him on it. His own staff kept reminding him, this isn't true. You've got to stop saying it. He didn't care. He kept saying it. Yeah, this Biden uh, uh, stretches the, the concept of plausible deniability to the nth degree. Yeah, he really does, because there is no plausible deniability to those things. Those are facts. He knows it. I know, you know, Cleo, if you ever took part in a march. I know if I ever took part in a march. He knows it. He knows he didn't, but he keeps saying it anyway. It is the ultimate in pandering to the black community. It's despicable, and it's insulting. Yeah, and like you say, people don't people don't look beyond the headlines. They don't do their research. No, they don't. That is 100% true. They do not do their research, and I, I understand people have busy lives, but it doesn't take a whole lot of time to research something so stupid. So Biden's telling us all that he took part in civil rights marches. Well, let me take a look at that. <laughs> take you five minutes. Well, I tell you, and thanks the other day for bringing up that uh, that instance of that fellow from Ghana, you know, being yeah. shocked at what the USA has come to. Isn't that amazing that you hear people from Ghana, you hear the lady from China, you hear these people who've escaped from Cuba, all of these totalitarian regimes and they say "Uh uh-oh i've seen this before what they're witnessing is the beginning of that takeover here because they've seen it happen before they know the blueprint they know the plan that's right exactly right he's a good fella and there are some in ghana there are some good Ghanaians. i call them i believe that's what they call them Ghanaians. yeah i don't know what they call them they're ghanaites (laughs) (laughs) I like Ghanaians myself. Ghanaians is a little harder to say, though. <laughs> you know, they got good soccer players over there. They're yes, they do. They've got pretty good soccer in Ghana. They beat our ass a few years back. Yeah, I remember that. That doesn't take a lot, but they did. But, no, you're right, and um, that's why we play people like that, because you're people who've experienced it firsthand, and they know the warning signs, and the bells are going off loudly for them. Well, the, the public needs to wake up. The, the uninformed public needs to get their head out of there. You know what? 
just don't pay attention to something and quit letting the egos get in the way all the time. And they got to admit they're wrong. Yeah. And, and you don't even have to admit you're individually wrong, but admit the people that you supported are wrong. You could always yeah. say, you know what? I was kind of taken by these people, but never again. So you don't even have to say that you're an idiot, even though you had to be to vote for this guy, <laughs> because if you didn't know what he was about, then that's your fault. That's very well put. Very well put. And well, that's why I listen to you, man. Well, I appreciate that, Cleo. I don't know what what we do without here in St. Louis without you. Well, thank you. That that means the world to me, and it's it's uh, it's very nice. And I can promise you, I treasure those comments. Well, how's Mister Jones doing in in the, the first district? How's how's his campaign doing? Well, you know what? We texted a week or so ago. I'm going to have to get back with him to see what kind of lies these people are telling him because uh, it seems to me that all of these leaders in the business community tell him how they're all going to throw support his way, but the Republican committee, the Republican people who are in charge of the purse strings for the party don't seem to be throwing the money his way, and they need to. I think they consider that, okay, That's that, we're going to lose that seat, so let's spend it elsewhere. That's baloney. That's a real short-sighted way of looking at anything. Well, that would be a shame. I, I, I wish the man all the luck in the all right, world. He's, we need he's a fine man. We he's need, educated. Yes, he is, all those things. We need people like him to overtake this insanity. I bet if you took his IQ and, and compared it to Cory Bush, you'd have about a about a hundred point difference. You'd have the comparison machine break. <laughs> it would explode. Never have they seen such a discrepancy in their lives. I guarantee it. But you got to admit, for a water buffalo, she's pretty intelligent. <laughs> Most water buffaloes I know aren't that smart. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Thanks for the, the great reference, Kamala. Really, you bet. That's a beauty. Really got me going. That's man. a beauty. At first, I thought it was being made up, but then I found out. Nope, she really said it. It's great stuff. All right, All right Cleo. Have thank you. Going, man. Appreciate You're it. Welcome. Take care now. Take care. Yeah, she really said it. Think about that for a moment. You know, the first thing, the the, the things that are monumental in my life. The first time I went to school, the first job I got, the first woman you kissed, or if you're a woman, the first man you kissed, you might remember those things, but you don't remember the first grape you had. I don't even remember the most recent grape I had, but I do like grapes, and I really don't care about picket lines or any such nonsense. You know, the way I look at the union situation, the days of the necessity of Labor unions are gone. If you're in a labor union today, they're just ripping you off. Companies are not about to try to break you in terms of the salary they're paying you. Of course, they're going to pay you as little as they possibly can, but they'll do that all the time. But it's not like it was back in the 50s when these companies were just completely screwing everybody over. Especially now, because they need workers. So I've just never believed in the concept the union's always right and the company's always wrong. And I am not a pro-corporate guy. I'm an anti-corporate guy. But I've also been part of a union. And I could I could write what the union did for me on a half a sheet of paper, and that half a sheet would be about a two-by-two two square. They do nothing for you, but they do collect your dues. They never miss that. But when it comes down to what have they done for you that you couldn't do for yourself, it's very little, if anything. In my experience, it was nothing. 
Speaking of nothing, little old Newsmax, which has 40 million less viewers than Fox has, but little old Newsmax beat Fox head-to-head in the television ratings the night of President Trump's rally. Imagine that. Newsmax, during the Trump rally speech, had an audience that surpassed the combined ratings of CNN and MSNBC. They beat the combined number of those two by 21%. They had 1.7 million viewers for Trump's speech. Pretty amazing. Fox News, 942,000. 1.7 million to 942,000. Now remember, I, I said 40 million. They're, they're in 20 million less homes than Fox. 1.7 million viewers. CNN had 406,000. MSNBC had 400,000. So from actually, it's, it says during his overall coverage, which means the, the warm-up to the speech and the post-speech coverage, 1.9 million viewers. To 440 for NBC, MSNBC, and 406 for CNN, and 942,000 for Fox. Carpe diem to Newsmax. We've got to get Newsmax available into more homes. It's not available in my home. I'm going to have to find out why. But it's not on my list of channels, and believe me, I get way too many. Their premium package, whatever that entails, I get it, and I don't get Newsmax, so something's up. But I've got to get it, because it was pissing me off the other night. I really wanted to watch his speech, since it was the first remarks he would make publicly at a rally after the the raid on Mar-a-Lago. But I wasn't able to do so, thanks to the idiocy of Charter, or what do they call themselves now? I don't even remember. Senlar? No, not Senlar. Something or other. But you know who I mean when I say Charter. Everybody knows. How about Jennifer Lawrence? She claims that uh, she's having nightmares about Tucker Carlson. You know, we don't need any further evidence that Hollywood people are nut jobs. But they seem to give us evidence every single day. You know what I have nightmares about, Jennifer Lawrence? People like you. That somehow people like you will remain in power in this country. That's what my nightmares entail. Okay, I'm told that on Charter you can get it on Channel 248. I'll have to double check that. But it doesn't seem to be on mine. It pisses me off. But I've never checked the 200, so I'll have to go down there and check it out. But she has nightmares regarding Tucker Carlson. Isn't that interesting? She says she's worked so hard in the last five years to forgive her dad and her family and try to understand they're different. The information they're getting is different. Their life is different. In other words, they're conservatives. So when asked whether she exchanges in political conversation with her family members, she said, I broached the subject in the sense that I unleash text messages. Boom, 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 boom. They don't respond, and then I'll feel bad and send a picture of the baby. She's really 
a fruitcake. Good for her family, by the way. Good for her family. It's a beautiful thing. Breaks her heart, she says. Well, imagine how much it must break their heart. That they have a daughter or a sister or an aunt or a niece like you. A brainwashed, delusional, liberal, nutcase. That would bother me. I mean, I have deranged liberals in my family. It bugs me that they're so deranged, but I don't miss the conversation with them at all. You want to beat your head against a wall, or theirs. Here's some interesting news, and it comes from a guy whose intelligence I respect, and that's Gordon Chang. On all things China, I respect what he has to say. He believes that China's economic stimulus efforts with their imminent recession are finally falling flat. And he's looking at a possible total economic collapse in China. I like that. Wouldn't that be spectacular? And it's because of their massive stimulus uh, programs. Gee, I wonder what, what that sounds like. He says the country's incurring indebtedness, creating debt about seven times faster than they've been producing nominal gross domestic product. Now, if China's economy collapses, what will they do? Will they come after us? It's almost a certainty. Spectrum is who I was trying to think of in terms of charter. Thank you, folks. So I hope Gordon Chang is right. Wouldn't that be something? But I don't want it to happen when Biden's president, because then he'll try to take credit for it. When in fact the credit, and you can say because I'm a Trump supporter that I'm only saying it for that reason, but it's not true because I'll back it up. It's because of Trump's policies that China is having any economic problems. When he decided to end the outrageous trade situation that we had with China. Now Biden has reinstituted it. But Trump had them on the ropes. They were almost at the knockout stage with their economy. They were in real trouble. And so when you're that close to economic ruin as a country, you'd do anything, wouldn't you, to resurrect your economy? You'd even unleash a virus on the rest of the world and on your own people because you don't care. In China, if you lose a million people, nobody will notice. But why not release it to the United States? Make sure the liberals understand it. This is how you get Trump out of office. And if people don't think that that's true, I can promise you it is. It is. That's always been my belief. Biden's even talking continually about dropping those tariffs that Trump imposed on China, which strangled them. If he's not dropping them, he's winking at them. We know how he operates. That's for damn sure. And did you see where that complete nut job, Kathy Griffin, speaking of nuts in Hollywood, although I don't think she has much of a career anymore, after she decided to take on President Trump and got her ass kicked, which was a beautiful thing to watch. But now she's jumping into the Civil War talk. 
She calls herself a comedian, though I don't think I've ever heard her say anything funny. She says, if you don't want a civil war, vote for Democrats in November. If you do want civil war, vote Republican. I'm probably voting Republican. But she's getting mocked on social media because her post presented a, represented a threat. Ted Cruz said, this is wrong in capital letters. Crazy Hollywood lefty threatening civil war. But this is today's left, angry, hateful, and violent. Well, here's where here's when I'm for a civil war. If that's what it takes to take our government back, not to overthrow the government, we don't want to overthrow the United States Constitution. We want to take our government back. That's what we want. We want to take it back. And that's all we want. That's not overthrowing the government. They overthrew the government. They ignored the Constitution. They break the law. They threaten people's livelihoods and, in fact, their entire lives with health edicts. We don't. That's not American. So when you want to do away with that, they'll tell you that you're trying to overthrow the government, but we're not. Our government never stood for enforcing health decisions on you at the expense of your job. Never. We've never arrested protesters and put them in jail. We don't arrest people who destroy property and put them in jail for lengthy prison sentences. We don't do that. We make you pay for that property that you destroyed. If you can't pay it, then you got to work it off. But we're doing all of that now. Every last bit of it. Sickening. Absolutely sickening. All right, folks, that's going to wrap us for today. We're back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning right here in the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Don't forget, the uh, podcast is available here. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Anchor, Google, all of those places. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. (laughs) 